on BYU Sports Nation. Overreaction Monday. Or is it? BYU basketball at a crossroads after Saturday's home loss to St. Mary's. Basketball analyst Blaine Fowler on what the heck happened Saturday and what now for the Cougars. Plus the Batcats get win number one, a softball no-hitter, and Jimmer Fredette goes for 73 points in his regular season finale. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation. Brought to you by the BYU Store. Simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. Hey, we're live on a Monday on a holiday. This is BYU Sports Nation, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Monday, February 20th, hope you're enjoying your President's Day. Man, President's Day. I look forward to this day every year. What? <laughs> it's, oh, it's President's now, Day? Now, if BYU, if BYU is coming off of a win, would you feel differently about President's Day? No, I wouldn't. Really? I wouldn't be a little is, bit more a holiday. I'm like, whoa, President's Day. Yeah, baby. It's because we're back to work, right? Got to go back to work, man. What if we play some music for we're you? Play, well, we're playing the independence music. Doesn't that make President's Day feel a little bit closer to home? Man, I am all in now that we played this music. Wherever and however it's you're that dialed guitar in. guitar riff, that little solo guitar riff, it gets me every time. It is great to have you with us. Hey, don't take that away. We're keep, let's go, but man. But you can't take away energy. my dignity. Yeah, I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with used oh, car salesman in training, Jerem Jordan. I wish, man. I did sell my car in like three <laughs> hours thanks to a certain website. Doesn't that make President's Day weekend better? And listen, you sold a car over President's Day weekend. Those things go hand in hand. Oh, they do? Yes! <laughs> what were your emotions like watching uh, Old Blue drive I, yeah, away? I, yeah, I had an uh, O2 Volkswagen Jetta for seven plus years. A single tear just came down, and then I had it, got it back in there. Was it weird for a second? We were like, man. It was a little weird because I thought, wait, do I have anything still in the car? That's what I thought. <laughs> oh, shoot. Did I leave a... Whatever. Listen, vacuum it out. Take everything you need out of it. Pull the I, license plates off. You're good to go. I did all that. You're good, good to go. Good, By the way, when you were giving me the update yesterday about selling your car on the phone, yeah, I was yeah, yeah. going through some very old pictures from my two-year mission trip to the land of South Korea, Jerem. Mm-hmm. And apparently, I thought you went to North Korea this whole time. According to my family, I was an 11-year-old when I was serving my <laughs> two-year mission trip. Comparably, that's what it looked like. <laughs> Check it out on Spencer's Instagram. Instagram. What did I just call it? Intogram? Intogram. Yes. Yeah, it's a competitor with Instagram. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. Congratulations on selling your car. Congratulations on not being 11. And thank you very much. And seriously, hope you're enjoying your President's Day uh, wherever you're with us. Now, let's get to the holiday BYU Sports Nation headlines. It's your BYU Sports Nation headlines. Hey, men's basketball lost to 22nd-ranked St. Mary's 70-57 to on Saturday. Eric Mika led the Cougars with 18 points. Yoli Childs had 13 points and 7 rebounds. Mika says BYU needs to put together a 40-minute game. You know, I think it's been difficulty for our team the whole year. We, it's hard to just put a, a full game together. I mean, they went on runs, and, and teams are going to go on runs. It's It's normal, but... But we need to find a way to to have that intensity we had the last, you know, two minutes, minute and a half. 
TJ Haas was sitting just to Eric Mika's right and hopes BYU will respond better to adversity in the immediate future. And, you know, I, I want our team to just fight. And, you know, when they when they punch us in the face, I want us to punch them right back. And, uh, you know, when, when they go on a run, it's like, all right, they made your, you made your run, now we're making ours, and, and I just want us to fight every possession. There's a lot to digest there, Jerem. Yeah, that isn't the metaphor I'd use given the last couple of years here, but I get the point TJ's trying to make. Yeah, th- this was one of the most disappointing performances in BYU basketball in a long, long time because BYU's never really in this game. And, and this is a matchup that we thought uh, BYU could be in, right? Uh, when you're going for two picks, was BYU would win. Yeah, um, I, I thought BYU had a shot here, but that was a 57 points at home. St. Mary's, St. Mary's stinking good, man. Like I was way off in the off season when I thought, why are they getting top 25 love for a team that didn't go to the NCAA tournament preseason? That doesn't make sense to me. They returned everybody from a team that went to the NIT second or third round. But I was way off. They're a tremendous team. Annoyingly efficient. Yeah. And we're, they're looking at a four, maybe a five seed in the NCAA tournament Sweet right 16 now. potential kind yeah. of team. I mean, they're good. They play defense. They're unselfish. Those are things I, I wish that we saw a, a little more from uh, BYU. Well, the Cougars currently a projected NIT six seed, according to NYC Buckets Bracketology. Yay! Now, what's interesting about that... <laughs> Dave Rose's very first season, BYU was a sixth seed in the NIT on the road playing at his alma mater, Houston. Yeah. The Cougars have never been in a worse scenario than that of his first season when it comes to postseason play. And the bracketology uh, matchup is at three seed Utah. Mm. How about that? Mm. That'd be fun. I did, listen, th- there's, there's a chance if BYU really stumbles here at the end that the NIT is not even in the cards. I think BYU will still make the NIT, but you've got to beat Portland. You've got to win that quarterfinal. Wait a second. So uh, ma- I'm just saying it's possible BYU doesn't make the NIT at this point. Oh, They would have zero top 50 wins, and they would be 21-12 and 12 if things play out like we think. Beat Portland, win the quarterfinal, lose to Gonzaga, lose to St. Mary. I'd be surprised if BYU wins at Gonzaga. Or beat St. Mary's in the semifinal. Because BYU hasn't... BYU just got blown out by St. Mary's. We're like, neutral court? Yes, win. BYU's got to bring it. It'd be nice in Vegas if BYU at least got to Tuesday. That'd be fantastic. I'm with you. BYU, I think, will be an NIT team. Yeah. I'm just saying there's a chance they're not. Six seed according to NYC Buckets Bracketology. But then there's this, Jerem, that made some BYU fans feel a little bit better after that St. Mary's loss. Well, sort of. Jim Fredette scored 73 points in a Shanghai Sharks double overtime loss to the Zhejiang Guangsha Lions. I'm a big fan of the Lions, I'll be honest. Uh, 73 points. That's pretty good. I don't care if this is the Provo Rec League. If you score 73 points in a game and shoot 25 for 49, that's crazy. That's pretty unbelievable. At Fake Sports Center, known for their humor, tweeted 73 points in a Chinese basketball association game is equal to five in the NBA. (laughs) (laughs) What? Uh, Ah! 73 73. BYU baseball season underway. The Batcats lost to 21st ranked Georgia Tech in their opener on Friday, 5 3, competitive game, but then beat Kennesaw State 13 4 with three home runs as a team on Saturday. BYU will finish the Atlanta Challenge today at Georgia State, 3 45 p.m. Eastern. And third ranked men's volleyball beat UC San Diego in three sets Friday and Saturday night with the 
resting Ben Patch and Brendan Sander. All-American Jake Langlois put down 30 kills in six sets. A sick Tim Dobbert also had 18 kills combined in the six sets. BYU's next match at Stanford Thursday. Ooh, tricky match against the Cardinal on the road. Looking forward to that. Rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending, brought to you by Ahern Rentals. Your next job is our priority. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. We're going to win. That's a complete miscalculation of what happened. Oh, this doesn't make any sense to me at all. Yeah, yeah, that, yeah, that yeah. pretty uh-huh. much sums yep. it up. Those are the feelings. Yeah, that yep. pretty much sums everything up that happened on Saturday night for BYU basketball. And that wraps up what's trending. Let's go to break. <laughs> Wait, do we have to talk about it too? Oh. Right now, oh. we have to talk about. It. Oh, okay. Overreaction Monday, or is it BYU basketball <laughs> now nineteen and ten on the season after Saturday's. Lackluster performance against 22nd-ranked St. Mary's. If you'd like a summation of the game, Ken Pomeroy, stats guru for College Hoops, added this tweet at the end of Saturday's game. Good night, Provo. St. Mary's scores one point in the final 725 and wins by 13. Yeah. Yeah. St. Mary's scored one point in the final 7 minutes and 25 seconds and still won by 13 at the Marriott Center. It was over long before that. What's your overreaction after BYU's loss to St. Mary's? That is our Twitter question today. We're going to have some fun with this, Jerem, shall we? Fun, yeah, fun is an interesting word, Spencer. And, at, yeah, yeah, yeah. At Black Goose 13 use the hashtag BYUSN to weigh in, by the way. Our high school studs can't play well against a good team. Now, wait a second. Wait just a second. Over, overreaction or not? Didn't BYU beat a pretty good Princeton team in the season opener? That was a long time ago, it, well, in a galaxy true. far, far away, yes, known B- as November. BYU still had two seniors uh, contributing at a high rate <laughs> at that moment. Yeah. Kyle uh, Davis and LJ Rose both in that game. Yeah. BYU did beat Princeton. They're Wait. now uh, almost a top 50 RPI team. But You're talking uh, about the best performance, yeah. the best team by RPI, and RPI stinks. Is it an overreaction to say that they're not capable of playing well against a good team? Didn't. Didn't BYU play pretty well relatively against Gonzaga, the number one team in the country? Sounds like a moral victory to me, Spencer. (laughs) And I hate those. I I know. I know. Honestly, I can't blame some people for reacting that way when you're digesting the numbers that we will present in our stat of the day. It's the BYU Sports Nation stat of the day. This one's a doozy. BYU trailed by 25 at home for the first time in the Dave Rose era. That is since 2005-2006. 25. At that point, I looked up at the scoreboard and I thought, BYU's getting blown out at home. This rarely happens. I, I mean, like, every other year maybe, right? Yeah. That was rough. That was, that was the toughest loss, I think, uh, in a long time. For BYU, because it was sixty-nine to forty-four. It was bad. It was really bad. Um, yeah, that I don't even know what to, else to say about it. It was just a really bad performance by BYU, and that's kind of the emotion that is appropriate, though. Gonzaga it, is a better matchup than St. Mary's, by the way, for BYU. BYU matches up better with the Zags because St. Mary's is patient. They play great defense. Those things BYU can take advantage of a little bit against Gonzaga. That sounds super weird, right? Gonzaga's the number one team in the country. But BYU, it's a better matchup. Oh, college sports are all about matchups. Yes, especially in basketball. There's only five dudes. Me versus you, 
Can you be better than me and vice versa? You can win those little matchups, and St. Mary's did. Okay, let's go back and forth with some tweets, some hot takes, if yeah, you will. we did this after Pepperdine, and it was, quote, fun. So let's try to, quote, have fun again. These messages coming in. I don't have in. fun after a loss like that, really. Via the Twitter machine, we'll start with this. You tell me, Jerem, overreaction or not. At 86WI Coog. The way this team plays on the road and their struggles with consistent offense, if Portland, BYU plays there Thursday, gets hot from three, BYU could lose both games next week. Not an overreaction. BYU's lost this game up there. But there's not a three-point shooter that's going to torch BYU for Portland this year. So that's not going to happen. But I don't think it's an overreaction to feel unconfident or, uh, yeah, about a road game in the WCC. Portland played BYU tough at home. That was post-Gonzaga. Emotionally, there was not a lot there. I don't think it's an overreaction. What do you think? Even with BYU coming off of a road win against San Francisco and being motivated because in the Dave Rose era, traditionally, BYU is much better coming off of a loss. All the, so, good, all the good was from the road win at San Francisco was undone by St. Mary's at home. They won't just categorize road to road. It'll be like, well, after San Francisco, after St. Mary's at home, we got to... Do X, Y, Z. Okay, how about this one? Yes, at- BYU could lose both games, but it. I just I don't see that. I just don't see it happening. If BYU loses at Portland, they're not going to the NIT. At Greg Rosenhan, we, this is in all caps, we still have a chance to go to the Sweet 16 this year. <laughs> hashtag overreaction, hashtag blue goggles. Now, let's talk about that for a second. Blue goggles Greg, alert. Blue are you referencing alert. the NCAA goggle tournament alert. or are you referencing the NIT? Because that would be one win in the NIT. One win in the NIT would because put BYU thirty-two in teams the, in the NIT Sweet Sixteen. So, so that's, that's not that, an over. That's feasible, right? Yeah, that's feasible. Exactly. Oh, I can't. I hate that we're having this conversation. Right I know now. the tourney hat, train hat, never done was done. I never wore it. Never I was San never Francisco put done, it on ever. Oh, yeah. I'm so sad. This it's season. just it's it's over here just asking. I feel like playing for some piano attention. music right now for the goodness gracious. <laughs> At CPA Coog, Jerem <laughs> says spring football starts soon. <laughs> Not an overreaction. <laughs> when you don't want to deal with the fu- the present, you look to the future. Oh. So you can think about baseball season starting. What? Hey, there's some meaningful games left on this BYU schedule, including at Gonzaga Saturday. That's a better matchup for BYU. I don't think BYU's going to trail by 25 Saturday. <laughs> What's Trending brought to you by Aaron Rentals. More of your overreaction tweets, or are they, on the way. Aaron Rentals offering commercial and residential high-lift equipment at more than 80 locations nationwide. Let's keep it rolling, shall we? Coming up, Uncle B back in Studio B. College basketball analyst Blaine Fowler on what the postseason reality is for BYU basketball right now. I dare you to stick around and listen to what he says. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Conversation happening right now on Twitter. Keep the hot takes rolling in, my friends. Follow at BYU Sports Nation. Use the hashtag BYUSN. Hey, they're pretty warm because it happened Saturday. <laughs> Pepperdine was the next morning. Yeah, so, so get them hot. Hey, throw them in the oven. Let's go. Hey, Women's Hoops plays Portland Thursday night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. My dude Spencer's going to be at the Child Center in Portland. Yeah. You're going up to the men's game. So I'm going to call the women's game. I've it, nev- it won't be the I've same. I've never been yeah. to the great city of Portland, Oregon. 
and I, I wanted to change it. Yes. So, yeah. yeah, you're going to hang out in uh, the City of Roses, baby. Voodoo Donuts, here I come. Nike, yeah, all that. <laughs> I'll give you a list of things I needed the employees okay. for. Okay. FYI. Very good. What's your overreaction after BYU's loss to 22nd-ranked St. Mary's on Saturday? At True Blue Eye Guy says... Seriously questionable if we'll have, if BYU will have, 20 wins by the end of the week. Okay, I thought he was going to say end of the season. I was like, what's overreaction? By the end of the week, BYU's got to beat Portland, right? Is it an overreaction to say that BYU will lose at Portland? And I know people are like, well, they, that's, they, no, struggled, that's with them again. they struggled with them at home a little bit and kind of had to pull BYU away at the end. BYU should beat Portland by double figures. Should. But they sh- BYU should have beaten... Santa Clara, Pepperdine, San Diego on the road as well. So that's an interesting question. In fact, we'll bring that up in a moment with uh, someone special. The Cougars have no seniors, and it makes a difference. That's why the best win of the season nope. happened with two seniors on the floor. You, know, you should still beat Portland on the road with no seniors. Oh, I agree they with should. that. I agree with that. I'm just saying at Santa Clara, a little more understandable when you don't have your guys, your senior guys. I have too much BYU hubris. <laughs> In Studio B is the one and only Uncle B, Blaine Fowler, dual threat analyst, specifically focusing on college basketball. He travels all over the country calling it, talking about it, and hopefully you can bring some needed levity and understanding <laughs> to what in the world just happened to BYU on Saturday. By the way, somebody, I was in JFK flying back from Pittsburgh because I had an A-10 game this weekend. I had uh, George Washington and Duquesne. And they walked up to me and they go, Uncle B! <laughs> it made me so happy. <laughs> it made me so happy. Really there's, there's the needed smile yeah, I was on just this like, Monday. Oh. Yes. See, I, no matter where I go, I'm never away from home because yeah. Cougar Nation is everywhere. And so it, was, it made me feel at home. It was okay. kind of fun. Let's start with the overreactions, Blaine. I, I want to get your opinion with, with what we just talked about. It, it's, it's seriously questionable if BYU will have 20 wins by the end of the week. Is that an overreaction? It's, it, I, they, if they don't beat Portland, I'll be surprised. So, yeah, so every, I think I watched that game, and before we went on, I told you guys. So I, I had an afternoon game, and so I was there in Pittsburgh, and I'm watching it on TV, and I kept thinking in the second half, I should just turn this thing off. But it was kind of like coming up on a really bad accident, and you know you shouldn't slow down and watch. I just couldn't take my eyes off of it. It was that bad. And so I watched every last second until midnight or whatever it was and then went to bed just thinking. But I had perspective before I even got into that game. I had a conversation with George Washington's head coach, Maurice Joseph. Now, remember, they won the NIT last year, and they were really good. They should have been in the NCAA tournament, everybody thought. The A-10 was good last year, better than they are this year. And this year, they just beat Duquesne to go 14-13. and And he and I were talking about the difference. He goes, well, last year, he says, to be really good, you have to have veteran guards with experience. And he said, we lost 60% of our scoring. We lost the guys that had the ball in their hands. And he goes, here's the difference between a freshman or a sophomore, which he has now, and they're talented, and a junior or a senior. The juniors and seniors, when the moment is big, you're playing in a big game, you're in a tournament finals at Madison Square Garden, or you're playing a great opponent, they're so sharp because they've been there so many times. They have a way of focusing in, and in those big moments, the game slows down and they're even better. So they raise their game in big moments. He says when you have young guards, the big moments get to them, and the game speeds up for them. You know, we talk about this with quarterbacks all the time. You know, hey, as they get veteran, the game slows down, and everything seems like it's in slow motion. So veteran players, the game slows down. I'm watching St. Mary's, and I'm going, nar. And I mean, 
Joe Rayhan. Rayhan. These guys have been there. They've been through it. They played into the Final Four in the NIT last year. And in the big moments, in big arenas, in front of big crowds, when they're playing Gonzaga, when, and they got beat by Gonzaga, but those guards played well. Um, and they played great the other night, and they were giving us a lesson on what veteran guards do. They didn't make bad decisions. Their team had great shot selection. They knew when to pass and when to shoot. And so I, I'm watching that after having this conversation with Maurice, and I'm thinking – we, we need to be a little bit patient with the guard line we're playing right now. And remember, Dave had big plans. Dave Rose had big plans for, for Eli, and then he missed all of camp in and, and the first few weeks of the season. And then, then he's like, okay, well, LJ's going to be good. And originally, LJ was going to be a backup, so he ends up being the starter. And now LJ's out, and he's playing TJ at the point way more than he originally thought he was going to. So not only are they young, they've been shuffled around, and, and so that's where BYU's struggling. And Meek has been really good, but a post player doesn't go get his own shot down the stretch. He relies on others to make the right decisions, to get him the ball in the right spots. And this young team takes bad shots. Um, they, they pass when they should. Dave Rose said it himself. They pass when they should shoot, and they shoot when they should pass. And they force some shots because guys think, I've got to go do this thing. And so it, it's a sign of youth. And I know people are tired. Well, the season is this old. That's what you get when you're playing freshman and sophomore players on the guard line. Why is Gonzaga so good? Because Nigel is awesome. Nigel Williams-Goss is incredible. And he controls the basketball game. And when it's a big moment, the game slows down, and he makes great plays. You know, he's, he's, he, now he transferred in, but he's an experienced player, and he was a first-team McDonald's All-American coming out of Finley Prep. So I'm not, I'm not that worried about it. This is Before the season started, I said they'll get to 20 wins, and they'll be a Sweet 16 team next year. I haven't seen anything that dissuades me from that opinion right now. Really? And, and so if they don't make a huge jump in the offseason from now till next year, I'll actually be surprised. I think the game will slow down for these guards. I think they'll have you know, a lot of experience under the belt, and they will be better. Look, at, Hey, St. Mary's made a big jump from last year to this year. They're really good. But athletically, they're not better than BYU. That was the frustrating thing. Is that, and I'm sure those players are out there going, why are these guys killing us? They're not better than us physically. But they execute way better than BYU mm, does. Yeah, right they're now. unselfish. They don't turn but it over. BYU actually play better against Gonzaga. Because I think in Gonzaga, back of your mind, this isn't, you're not thinking this consciously, but as a young player, you're going, whoa, these guys are physically way better than us. Like we got to scrap, we got to scramble. So you're. In the St. Mary's game, I think they're puzzling and puzzling till the puzzlers are sore. They're, they're, they're going, <laughs> how are we not hanging with this team? What is going on? They're not better than us. And so there's the difference between those two games. So I think St. Mary's is a little more frustrating because they should match up physically better. Yeah, I think this was the peak of frustration, not just for that game, but for where's the progress at the end of the season? I could tolerate some struggle, right, with a young group and the injuries. I could tolerate that. What I can't tolerate is it's February 18th and you're down 25 at home. You didn't even do that to number one Gonzaga. They, I don't think that that would happen if Eli was healthy all the way through camp. He was the starting point, point guard, and, and they had had the same rotation without the injury problems. I mean, 
they were counting on Kyle Davis to be a big part of what this is. So I think if they keep the same group together through the whole season, rotating the positions that they thought they would be at, we, we would be have more progress than we have right now. And so I think that that's part of it. Sure. So, so it's yeah, you don't think Kyle Davis would help this BYU defense? Oh, come on. Yeah. He is aggressive in the post, gives him another big guy to defend. He's a shot blocker, and he's experienced out there. He's a guy that in a big moment settles him down and goes, guys, I've been here. Come on. Let's do this. They don't have that guy out there. And so, and LJ Rose was kind of it, but not in this program. You know, he's not been in this program. He was there last year, but hasn't played a game until this year. And so it really is, it's youth compounded by injuries. They still are very talented. They need to get more depth. And so they're going to have to add to that. I don't know. Maybe they need to go out and find a JC guy or something this year. It's always the truth. they, They need more depth going into next year. But I think the guards who in college basketball are, that's it. If you got great guards, you're good. If you don't, you're not. And it's not that BYU doesn't have talented guards. They just – the game's quick to them right now in big moments, and it will slow down next year, and this team will make a big jump from this year to next year. When you take the youth of this team and, and you compare it to the youth of other teams, because I hear this argument all the time, well, there are other teams with young players fresh out of high school that are succeeding – but then I'm thinking about, you're talking about Kentucky and North Carolina and Duke. Those guys aren't going on two-year missions, and so I can't stand that argument. It's an entirely different ball game. So I had this discussion with Dave Rice down at UNLV when he had Bennett, and then you know then they signed Zimmerman. These are guys who are top. And NBA draft They were NBA Bennett picks. was the number one pick. Right. So they're, and he's not been that good, but... Right. but um, People are going back to like the John Wall Kentucky teams and the Duke. So Duke and Kentucky, when they get three top 100 players, they're number one, three, and seven. <laughs> right? It's coming out. Yeah. And and so when UNLV had three top 100 players, they were number seven, which was crazy for them. Number 49 and number 66. Guys, there is a huge difference between having one, three, and seven. Those the talent level of those lottery pit guys, two or three of them on the floor, is so much greater than who they're playing against that they can get away with making bad decisions. They are like our guys were in high school. They're so much physically better than the guys they're playing that they just out they just outplay them with physical skills, and so they don't need to worry about the maturing process. And then they go out and they reload. But people forget that Kentucky team that won a national championship with all those freshmen. They went to the NIT the next year and lost in the first round, right? Because that was an unusual yeah. class. And Duke has its ups and downs, and Kentucky does once in a while they'll assemble a class. So so is BYU's recruiting classes of these guys good? Really good, but they weren't three top ten players for sure NBA draft picks, or lottery picks. And so they're going to need some maturing. They're going to need some experience. They're really good. Talent-wise, they've got a chance to be really good. So I'm looking to see if they can stay healthy in the offseason, blend as a team and understand roles, and make a big, big jump. And I I still believe that they can be really, really good next year, and they can execute better in big games and down the stretch. And then if – Nigel's gone, and, <laughs> and uh, let's see, Karnowski's gone. Gonzaga's going to win the league. Like, it's just, so what so it when is. those guys are gone, maybe, maybe they can. But they'll compete great with St. Mary's next year. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so, hey, BYU has the potential. I think St. Mary's is really good. I think they're really good. Oh, yeah. And they're, and they're good because they have very good talent, and their execution is as good as anyone in the country. 
BYU can be better athletically than St. Mary's, and if they can get their execution level close, now they're a, a top 15 basketball team. And that'd be and that'd be awesome. It's been a while since BYU's been ranked. The, it hit me Saturday night as we've thought through the same storylines this whole year. Young, on the road, injury. The transfers from last year and the last two years really hurt BYU. It would have been nice to have Jake Toulson and Jordan, Jordan Chapman. Chapman. I'm and, telling you, and the Isaac guy that Nielsen. could have made the biggest difference for them this year is Jordan Chapman. But, but he couldn't get into defense. law school here. It wouldn't work, so he goes to Boston College. He's a veteran guy with a nasty kind of a mentality defensively that would bring some toughness, and he's been in big games, and he's a shot maker. And so just another guy in the perimeter, because BYU right now has trouble staying in front of guys um, on the ball defensively. And so other teams' guards, and when you, and when you watched Nara and Rayhan and those guys, they, they're such good deep shooters. They, they give you a ball fake, and you're closing too quick because you've got to go defend that because they'll knock them down if you don't. Then they go by you. And once they go by you and they get into the interior of your defense and you start rotations, their decision-making is almost flawless. I mean, Randy's done an unbelievable job with this team and coaching them on how to run their stuff. And, and I think that Chapman's a guy with his experience that could have stayed on the ball as a defender a little bit better. If you defend even two seconds longer, it helps. You know? And so he, he would have been a big piece. I think he's probably uh, the most detrimental transfer that BYU's had because he could have really helped this year, especially with the injuries to the guard line. He had 31 in a game where he hit nine threes yeah. in Boston College. But, and it's too bad I that said, that couldn't work out. Tier. And people think, oh, well, they want it. No, no, Dave did not want Jordan to transfer. It just didn't work out academically for him, so he had to. Dave would have loved to have had Jordan Chapman Absolutely. on his basketball team. So don't get that wrong. It's like, well, they ran these guys out because they thought they didn't need him. No, that's not the case. BYU's playing one upperclassman. Whereas Isaac Nielsen, it was reportedly that case, right? Yeah, and, I'm, that, I'm, and that happens. I'm, t- I'm talking I mean, specifically to Jordan Chapman's right, situation. Right, right. So, I just missed some of those hey, guys. People need to remember. I'm going to make a football parallel now. Um, Jim McMahon was not Jim McMahon his sophomore year. Was Jimmer Fredette Jimmer Fredette his no, sophomore year? No, and, and, and Steve Young wasn't even Steve Young his junior year. So I played on those teams with those guys. So people remember Steve Young as a senior. And as a junior, we got, we got beat by Georgia in the opener. We finished 8-4, and four, and we got manhandled by Ohio State in our bowl game. At the end, so you think, oh, why didn't he get good by the end of his junior year? They, they killed us, you guys. It was like Gonzaga. And it was the only game I've ever played in where I felt like, oh, my gosh, this game needs to hurry up because if any longer, we're going to get beat worse. Like, <laughs> the longer the game went on, the more it was like, we got to get this thing done. We got to, you know, and, the one, and Steve got a concussion in the game, and I went in the game, and, and Holmgren said, you just got it, and we were getting killed. And then Steve comes back in a couple plays later, and I'm coming off, and Mike says, where's Steve? And I go, he's in the game. He goes, no, he's not supposed to be in the game. Like, it was that over. They didn't even want Steve in the game. They wanted me to go get <laughs> he killed. He wrote in his book about that. So, so that's, a, that's his junior year. Then, then they come out his senior year. He had another offseason. He, he started to see the field better, and the game slowed down. He started to use, utilize the passing lanes and wasn't running around so much. He was so much more efficient. He was still the same athlete, but he was so much more efficient. We lose to Baylor in a game in the opener that we shouldn't have lost to, and then we go on a run where we win every game the rest of the season. And then Steve Young becomes Steve Young. So give these young guys a chance. Jimmer wasn't Jimmer as a sophomore. Jimmer was Jimmer as a second half of his junior year, and then he was ridiculous his senior year. Give these guys a chance to develop and for the game to slow down, and I think we'll be really happy with how they perform. Um, George Washington's guards, this is the thing. They didn't have the spotlight on them last year that BYU's guards this year do. Everybody thinks they're supposed to be a Final Four team. I have never believed that. Coming back from a mission, you made a great point, Spencer. That 
Nobody else's guards, even when they're freshmen and sophomore, have had interrupted their play for two years. They've played since they were in seventh grade, in seventh grade without a stop, without any stepping away from the game. It sounds idiotic what, to stop for two years. What, what Eric Mika is doing right now, he actually blows me away. He is Crazy, way above right? my expectations yeah. for a guy that, that soon off his mission. Yoli's a better example, and how good is Yoli playing? He's a little bit up and down because he's just a young freshman, but his game's been uninterrupted, and he's actually maybe the one that's not surprising me because I thought that he would because he's played interrupted, and then Mika's really surprising me, really surprising yeah. me. So it just th- takes time. I'm, I'm not alarmed by it. I am, do I get disappointed? Did I? Sure. Yeah, I was, everybody does. After the game, I'm like, gosh, why can't they just execute a little bit better? And then I got to remember to be patient and to keep some perspective on where BYU's program is right now. Blaine Fowler with us in Studio B. Let's finish with this. BYU fans want some context. Nay, they want some hope for the remainder of this season. So where can they find hope in what's going to happen the rest of this season and not have to think, well, next year. Next year, next year. Well, they need to catch some momentum the rest of this season. So um, look at what St. Mary's did last year. They were a little younger, but they were still more experienced than BYU is now. Um, and they went on a run and got to the Final Four of the NIT because the light bulb went on, their guard play started to really step up. And so what would, what would my, my hope be for this team? That, that they get to 20 wins, that they – I mean, if, could they go beat Gonzaga up there? Probably not, right? <laughs> That's a dream. But the crazier things have happened. Teams, right. teams come out and lay an egg because they don't have anything. But I think Gonzaga's really fired up because they, they're protecting this undefeated season. I, it almost would seed. be better if they were ranked number one and had two losses. Ranked number one and undefeated is a lot of incentive. So my, the chance of going up there and winning, slim to none. Two percent? Right. Yeah. But BYU could shoot lights out. and I mean, Crazier things have happened, right? But Come on. They won up there when but, Gonzaga was three. But go, go win a first-round game. Um, get, get into the semifinals of the conference tournament. That's not out of the question. They should on a neutral floor. They've played horrifically on the road at times, but this is neutral. Um, and then play St. Mary's. Stay in that three spot. Santa Clara helped them out the other day. So stay in that three spot and, and go into that tournament so you face St. Mary's in the, in the semis. And, and then... Can they beat St. Mary's in the semis? I don't know. St. Mary's is so good with their execution. I don't know. But there's a chance. Win or lose in that game, get into the NIT, go on a run, gain some experience, and to me the goal is get to, get to Madison Square Garden if you can. And I don't know. You know. I don't know if they can. But go on a run where you gain some experience with this group, have a great offseason and come back. Now, when you talk to me preseason next year, I'm not going to say what I did this year, that they're going to be really, really – I'm going to say – this is a team that has the talent that if their guards perform the way they should, that, that can make a run and win a tournament game or two in the NCAA tournament. Blaine, great stuff, man. Thank you for coming in and bringing uh, what we were looking for, that, uh, that needed levity and some perspective. You mentioned George Washington a lot on President's Day. I thought that was appropriate. <laughs> isn't, that, isn't that great that I got to do a GW game on <laughs> yeah. President's yes, Day weekend? Cool. I felt like it was appropriate. Yeah. And although it was a little uncomfortable, it was in Duquesne, they had a red out. I'm never comfortable with a red out. <laughs> yeah. And so I just looked at it through my Stanford eyes, and I said, this is the Cardinal out. It's yes, not a red out. Not Son-in-law, Dallas Lloyd. Perspective, people, from Blaine Fowler. Thanks, Uncle B. Up next on BYU Sports Nation, going for two, Jerem's four-foul edition. Week! This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation brought to you in part by Tucano's Brazilian Grill. Escape the ordinary. Welcome back, sports friends. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision Live on BYU Radio Simulcast 
on BYU TV. We're also on demand anytime, anywhere. If you just missed our conversation with Blaine Fowler, some really interesting points he brought up about why BYU fans need to be patient with this current BYU basketball team. In fact, he said, I have seen nothing this year that deters me from thinking this team can be a Sweet 16 club next year. Here we go again. He thinks that they can be like St. Mary's and make that dramatic jump from one season to the next because of the experience that they will gain this season and then having a good offseason. Do you agree with Uncle B? Maybe not. Download the podcast. Watch it on demand, BYUtv.org. Really interesting stuff. What you thinking, Jerem? I'm thinking I have no time to discuss what I'm actually thinking right now. We got to get to the headlines today. There's well, no time for me. To there's no to time. Just just the game at Portland, right on the BYU Radio app on Thursday at 10 Eastern. Okay, so let's refresh today's BYU Sports Nation headlines. Led off by BYU losing to 22nd ranked St. Mary's 70 to 57 on Saturday. Extremely disappointing effort from BYU. Eric Mika did have 18 points. Yoli Childs 13 points and seven rebounds. But Eric's focused on BYU looking for that 40-minute game. You know, I think it's been difficulty for our team the whole year. We, it's hard to just put a, a full game together. I mean, they went on runs, and, and teams are going to go on runs. It's it's normal, but but we need to find a way to, to have that intensity we had the last, you know, two minutes, minute and a half. TJ Haas hoping that his team will respond better to adversity. And, you know, I, I want our team to just fight. And, you know, when they when they punch us in the face, I want us to punch them right back. And, uh, you know, when, when they go on a run, it's like, all right, they made your, you made your run, now we're making ours, and, and I just want us to fight every possession. This shouldn't be conversation you're having on February 18th. That's conversation in November or December, right? It's just a little late in the season to be like, yeah, we need to do this. And... It's just been a tough season. It's been a season, hopefully, of uh, the BYU learns from because the growth has not happened this season. We hope to see the growth in the off season. Hey, Jimmer Fredette, uh points in the scoring category grew seventy three over the weekend in a Shanghai Sharks double overtime loss to the Zhejiang Guangzhou Lions. Moral victory. Yeah, that's a moral victory for BYU. Add it to the. Scrooge McDuck vault full of them. 73 points in a loss. That's why it's a moral victory, but still pretty amazing that uh, Sports Center and Bleacher Report and Sports Illustrated pick up oh, on this and then blast it out. Yeah, everybody loves the gym. James Taft. How about this? The Batcats lost to 21st-ranked Georgia Tech on Friday, but bounced back with a 13-4 win, including three home runs from the team on Saturday to beat Kennesaw State. BYU will finish the Atlanta Challenge today at Georgia State at 3.45 p.m. Eastern. Actual victory. Yeah, that's, that's a an, win. Yeah, that is a, what's called a win. W-I-N, win. And third-ranked men's volleyball beat UC San Diego in three sets Friday and Saturday night. Actual victory. Yeah, yeah. hey, a real victory. Without the resting Ben Patch and Brendan Sander, All-American <laughs> Jake Langlois put down 30 kills in six sets. BYU's next match at Stanford Thursday beat the random dancing weird tree. <laughs> Hasn't that mascot been suspended for their band or something? They've done, they've done some sketchy Their band stuff. is like technically suspended, I think, in Pac-12 play. <laughs> yes. I, listen, I've got stories I cannot share on the air about <laughs> Stanford and it, some of its fans, most notably the tree. Hey, let's go for two. Can you predict the future? These guys think they can. We're going for two on BYU Sports Nation. Oh. Well, we have to do it, so like let's... Do it. 
are going for two picks between St. Mary's and BYU on Saturday. Number one, I said St. Mary's will lead by six points or less at half. I really thought I was going to get this one. I thought it would be tighter, too. Yeah. And then St. Mary's went on a little bit of a run at the end of the first half. And it should have been 13. Rahan missed a layup. Man. Yeah, but for the majority of the first half, it was in that zone. But nonetheless, a moral victory because I was close and still lost. Number two. Almost twice. I said BYU will win. (laughs) In all seriousness, I really thought that this was the game where BYU would come out with that desperation factor. Like, we have to win this game. Last year, BYU won that game. To bring some sort of, you know, some sort of energy to the end of the season. Like, we are going to find a way to beat St. Mary's. I really thought that, that, yeah. that they would have that scrap factor like they had against Gonzaga. And scrap they just, factor, yeah. And they, like just, they just didn't. Yeah, air's been let out of the balloon quite a bit. They here. just didn't. They were tired. They were they were beat by a better team. So 0 for 2 for me. I'm th- I'm 32 and 42 overall. Number one, Mika Orlando will have four plus fouls in the game. Actual victory. Is that an actual victory Landale though? Orlando had four fouls. Number two, the oh Lone- shocker! You gave me a hard time about this one. Lone Peak will score 42 plus. That's a complete miscalculation <laughs> they of what happened. The worst game of the season wow. for them. Wow. So yeah. So I got one, so I'm plus two. I'm 34 and 40. Congratulations. Jacques Landell had four fouls. Four. They're like You couldn't go fouled out. They're like prop bets. Now you complain after the fact. Not before. What do you mean? After the I fact. I complained about it. I complained about it for a long time. On no, Friday. you made a big deal about the lone pick three. You didn't say hardly anything about Landale. <laughs> now you complain. No. Oh, I, you go I back and watch none, the tape. So go back and watch the tape. Go back and watch the tape. BYU Sports Station presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Spencer Lint, Jerem Jordan, live from Studio B. This is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play, even on a holiday. Our daily rebroadcast airs weeknights on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Here's how I know it's a holiday. So Monday's my garbage day. I peek out, you know, oh yeah, it's a holiday. Not everyone's garbage cans out there. That's how I know it's a holiday. <laughs> should probably be uh, more respectful of the actual holiday, but that's how it is. Hey, Women's Hoops plays Portland Thursday night, 9 Eastern time on BYU TV, BYU Radio, and the apps. This tweet just in from at Dave R. Welker. We talked about BYU and Utah potentially matching up in the NIT, right? Cougars projected six seed in yeah. the I'd NYC brackets. like that. Okay. He says, I could care less about the U, but you really want to see this BYU team play at Utah in the NIT? No, I just wanted them to see Utah. I, I don't care about where it's played. And my response to cold. that is, yes, I don't care where the game is played. Their coach, Larry Kraskoviak, paid $80,000 to not have to play no, no, no. BYU this season. He's paid $20,000 Oh, so sorry. far. Sorry. He hasn't paid the other he 60 still owes if I understand the, He correctly. still owes the 60 But still, he had to pay money because he didn't want to play BYU, and he would have to play BYU. <laughs> so tell me, you don't, you tell me you don't want that. That'd be great. Oh. Because when we're struggling, we like to be spiteful. That's how it works. Mm. <laughs> Human nature. We being me. <laughs> What's your overreaction after BYU's loss to St. Mary's on Saturday? That is our Twitter question today. Let's get some more of your warm, borderline, hot take tweets. Yeah, Let's go to the Twitter machine. Tweet, tweet. See if any are hot out of the oven, you know? Okay. At Kip Kent. Hard to overreact when you lose to the 22nd-ranked team as expected. Overreaction would have come with an upset win. The... Yeah, I, I didn't expect BYU to win 
as well. Although I didn't think BYU would trail by 25 at home. Mm. 25? That was embarrassing. That was awful. Straight up. BYU was never really in the game. I mean, in meaningful moments. Straight up, yeah. Tough. And that that rarely happens. Dave Rose has his guys ready at home almost always against ranked teams. BYU beat a ranked St. Mary's last year, so that's why it was a shock. How about this? At Mark L. McCune says, Ken Palm may have given BYU a 31% chance to win Saturday's game, but they could play this game 10 times and BYU would be lucky to win one. I think that's a little bit of an overreaction, but not a lot. I think that the matchup is bad for BYU. The experienced, veteran, leadership, defense. Lucky to win one. Lucky to win one. Turnover ratios. St. Mary's is a terrible matchup for BYU compared to Gonzaga. Yeah, I think it's fair to say, yeah, they might win two, but lucky, lucky to win one? That's an overreaction to me. I would say two and a half for BYU there, not one. At, Maybe three. At G underscore WO78, Gonzaga and St. Mary's will be in the final four. Uh, not St. Mary's. No. <laughs> I think St. Mary's is Sweet 16 good. I think Gonzaga's Elite 8 good with the chance to get to the final four. I think I've Gonz- amended my idea. I them. feel like Gonzaga is good enough to get to the final four. I really do. This, yeah. I think this they, is the they've best never team been. ever. It'd be great for the league if they got there this year. I'm rooting for them to do that. Up next... A no-hitter for a BYU-ranked team. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation presented in part by DexterLaw.com. Help when you need a boat. Moral victory. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around Men's Basketball. BYU lost to 22nd-ranked St. Mary's 70-57 to on Saturday. Eric Mika led the team with 18 points. Hilly Childs. Uh, Childs added 13 points and 7 rebounds. The Gales just jumped two spots to number 20 in the newest AP Top 25. Guess who's still number one? Yep, Gonzaga. By the way, BYU projected NIT 6 seed according to NYC Buckets Bracketology playing who, Jerem? Utah. Jimmer! Scored 73 points in a Shanghai Sharks double overtime loss to the Zhejiang Guangsha Lions. Baseball. 73 73. The Batcats did lose to 21st-ranked Georgia Tech on Friday 5-3, but bounced back with a 13-4 victory over Kennesaw State on Saturday, including three team home runs. Kennesaw State is actually a a good college baseball program. Those are the words of Mike Little. They weren't Saturday. Well, BYU's a pretty good team. (laughs) Cougars will finish the Atlanta Challenge today at Georgia State, 3.45 p.m. Eastern. Volleyball. Brigham beat UC San Diego in three sets Friday and Saturday without the resting Ben Patch and Brendan Sander. All-American Jake Langlois put down 30 kills in six sets. A sick Tim Daubert also had 18 kills. BYU's next match is at Stanford Thursday. Women's basketball. The ladies. Oh, painful loss by six points at St. Mary's, oh. 64-58. That's, that's tough. They were hoping to... Compete with Gonzaga Saturday for a West Coast Conference title. BYU still has not won in Moraga in women's basketball or in Spokane. How about that? They're still winning the league championships, too. Interesting. Cassie Broadhead did score 18 points in that loss. Softball. 25th ranked BYU beat Texas State and Nevada over the weekend in Vegas. Freshman Carissa Viramontes threw a no-hitter in her collegiate debut. Welcome to NCAA softball. Wow. The Cougars games from San Jose State and Northern Iowa were canceled because of weather. Track and field. The women's distance medley team qualified for nationals with a time of 10 minutes, 59 seconds, and 93 hundredths, taking second at the Alex Wilson Invitational at Notre Dame. 
swimming and diving. The men took second in the MPSF Championships. The women took fourth. All six men's divers, by the way, qualified for the NCAA Zone Diving Event. Gymnastics. Posted a 194.450 and a loss to 13th-ranked Southern Utah. Freshman Shannon Hortman set a career high with a 9-9 on her floor routine. Golf. The men's team finished in fourth place in the John Burns Intercollegiate. Patrick Fishburne tied for 10th overall, hitting 5-under for the tournament. Men's and women's golf, by the way, picked to win the West Coast Conference. Patrick Fishburne and Spencer Dunaway were named to the preseason All-WCC team for the men, while Kendra Dalton, Rose Huang, and Alexandra White were all named to the preseason All-WCC team for the women. The ladies have a good thing going. Cougars in the PGA. Zach Blair finished four under par, tied for 34th in the Genesis Open. Daniel Summerhays finished one under par, tied for 55th. Back to you on the fourth spot. Tennis! Somebody seriously shoot that stupid turkey. The men's team Not won its first West Coast Conference match of the year against San Francisco. Coach Brad Pierce passed his dad, Wayne, as the winningest coach in BYU men's tennis history Yeah, with that 204th win. Congratulations very nice. Very to nice. Brad. That's awesome. cool. That's awesome. cool. He was very emotional about that uh, idea. The other mm. Rugby. And last but not least, BYU lost at St. Mary's. That's just what happened this weekend for BYU. 27-12, despite a 90-yard try from Jared Whippy. How about that? Can I get my uh, St. Mary's face uh, somewhere now? <laughs> That's pretty close, Jared. I tweeted that out Saturday night. BYU had St. Mary's tonight. Pretty close. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Future guests include a segment... That we have grown to love very much between the lines. I thought it was b- between two ferns with Zach Galifianakis. Is that nope. different? Our tour of the new Marriott Center Annex. Yeah, how about that? And Seth Willis, BYU football offensive lineman out of Connecticut. John Templin from NIT Bracketology. We got to go there. <laughs> I know. I know. <laughs> Please, if, if BYU has to play on the road, let it be at Utah. Let it oh, be. Let it and be Steve Cleveland. Utah. Awesome. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter Help when you need it most. DexterLive.com. Who deserves the Rise and Shout today, Jerem? How about a team that won? Uh, baseball and volleyball. Thanks yeah. for or the no-hitter, right? Oh, the no-hitter. Yeah. Absolutely. No-hitter. Awesome. Very nice. Keep it up, BYU Softball. Ranked for the first time since 2011. Thanks to Blaine Fowler and everyone on our crew. Show on demand. Download the podcast on iTunes and the TuneIn app. For Jerem, I'm Spencer. Shout out to LaVon Satterfield. Can we beat the Gales next time, please?